<laughs> Quit out, Ghost Island Media. Today's episode is supported by the Institute for National Defense and Security Research in Taiwan, a think tank dedicated to fueling knowledge-based policy analyses and strategic assessments on Taiwan's security. Welcome to the second episode of the Taiwan Take, our new podcast from Ghost Island Media. Today, we look at China infiltration. I am producer Emily Waiwu. Today's interview was recorded back in October, before last week's news from Wang Liqiang, the Chinese defector and alleged former spy who is now seeking asylum in Australia. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share with your friends and colleagues and consider donating to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Taiwan. China's overreaching influence into politics and societies around the world has been a known reality for quite some time now. But the extent of the China influence is something we've just begun to grapple with, not just in politics, military and business, but also in tech, academia, even sports and entertainment. The list goes on. Australia was among the first countries to enact legislation to limit Chinese influence. The U.S. is pushing back against Chinese tech. But perhaps no country is more at threat from China's influence than Taiwan. Chinese President Xi Jinping has made clear his motives. He's not just trying to influence Taiwan. Ultimately, he wants to control it. And because of this, Taiwan is a great case to consider China's methods to reshape the global order. China's expanding influence is a global issue, and this is The Taiwan Take. I'm your host today, J.R. Wu. Uh, I found many coincidences that the policy orientation of a particular political party may coincidentally in line with China's interest. Today, we speak with Dr. Jeremy Hung, a researcher who has been looking at how Taiwan is especially vulnerable to Chinese influence and infiltration. We discuss the role of intermediaries or proxy agents in the CCP's effort, that's Chinese Communist Party, to win over the hearts and minds of the people in Taiwan. And we look at some of the ways these proxy agents may be helping China to influence media, impact politics, and strengthen its control over Taiwan. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hung. Hi, uh, pleasure to be here. Dr. Hung, we're both colleagues at the Institute for National Defense and Security Research, so I know a little bit about your research. A few weeks ago, you gave this great presentation. You called it Winning Without the Use of Force, the PRC's Influence Towards Taiwan's Media and Politics. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, basically... Because uh, there are many ways for China to influence directly or indirectly. I, I focus more on the indirect part, for example, praxis and how China use proxy agents to influence to Taiwan society and Taiwan politics. So you talk about the word proxies. Now, before we get into that, because I think we need a definition of that, um, can you tell us a bit about your methodology and your research? In order to understand China's influence to Taiwan's politics, I adopt 
ethnographic research. So that means I participate in many activities of the political party directly,、uh, talking to members, representatives, and even standing members of central committee of the party. And I personally involved in the circle to collect the data and observe the potential influence from China. So it's something similar to when a journalist gets embedded in a military operation. It allows them to see and hear from the inside what's going on, and then analyze it from a third-party perspective.、Um, ethnographic research is just part of my、uh, research method. But I think it's it's quite unique. Not many people use that in this domain. I mean, to to study how、uh, how China generate impact on Taiwan society. Now, one of the most important findings from your previous studies and in your current research is the role of proxy agents. These are intermediaries between the CCP and Taiwan. Taiwanese citizens who act in the interest of China and might even act. As mouthpieces on behalf of China, in other countries, proxy agents may just be one part of a larger campaign against a foreign state. But in Taiwan, proxy agents are absolutely the key ingredient in China's efforts to infiltrate Taiwan and to shape public opinion. Well, when we talk about China's proxy agent, I think many people would think. That it is a negative term, and it means that people who are helping China on their own will. It is true that some of the proxies are willing to help China, and they know what they are doing. However, for the majority of China's proxies, some may think it is just a business. Some know it is what China wants, but they do not believe it will generate negative impact on Taiwan general public. While some even force to help China. Or it may jeopardize their business. So the term proxy agent may not that precise, since some of them were more like a victim of China's state power. So a victim, huh? So we're talking about individuals.、Uh, they don't work for the Chinese government. They don't work for the Taiwan government. But somehow they've become the communication channel for the Chinese government, and sometimes they profit from this too, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Let's go through some of the categories of proxy agents, Doctor Hung. One of them that you refer to in your research is Taishang, which are Taiwanese businesses in China. Who are these? Well, it's a big question. Let me put it in this way: there are about two million Taiwanese Taishang in China. So, hang on a minute. That's what one in ten Taiwan population, or maybe Taipei City's population. Yeah, I think I think most of them are just ordinary businessmen. However, a few may jeopardize Taiwan democracy by letting China's influence spread out into Taiwan society as well as Taiwan politics. So, Doctor Hung, how do you influence a Taishang? How are they activated?、Um, first, I think they make more profit in China, so they will listen to China's official guidelines to promote pro-China arguments or follow their lead to influence. And second,、uh, sometimes they are trying to avoid problems,、uh, like the the NBA incident recently. Oh, the National Basketball Association. Yes, and that kind of incident happened all the time in Taiwan, and so Taishang they're afraid of you know get involved in such incident. So they will, or sometimes they actively catch Chinese government. 
So they cater to what the Chinese government wants. I think you've mentioned before that the range of industries is really wide. Taiwanese singers, um, there was a bakery shop, I think, that also, uh, 85-degree bakery shop. Um, And there were other examples where, like the NBA incident, China put pressure on the Taishang. The reason they're doing that is because sometimes they have to. Because they want to do business in China, they have to politically follow uh, China's lead. For example, there's an association called the Association of Taiwan Investment Enterprises. And the association itself is a social group that established in China. That means they have to follow the guidelines from Chinese officials. And in these associations, the superior office would be Taiwan Affairs Office, which is also Chinese authority, one of the Chinese authorities. So let me make sure our overseas listeners and those at home who don't know, the Taiwan Affairs Office is actually Chinese government. It's an agency of the Chinese government that deals with Taiwan. Yes, indeed. And the executive vice president and secretary general of the association has always been appointed by the Taiwan Affairs Office. So that means the associations, they have to follow the instruction from Chinese officials. Now, are we sure about that? How do we know? Yeah, you can Google it. It's, it's on the internet. They want to be more economically tied with China. It's the second biggest economy in the world, and it's a big market for everyone, not just Taishang. How influential is this association? They are a powerful interest group to Taiwan politics. Uh, not the association is powerful, but the people, the Taishang in the association is powerful. When they go back to Taiwan, they will persuade certain politicians to change their attitude on certain policies relating to China. And during my research, I cannot find the solid evidence, but uh, I found many coincidences that the policy orientation of a particular political party may coincidentally in lines with China's interest and also the association's interest. For example, this new statement issued by these associations and issued by Chinese Taiwan Affairs Office, and then the political parties in Taiwan also issue similar statements. So sometimes we cannot find the solid evidence. I have to emphasize on this, but the coincidence, this kind of coincidence increased. Now, it's funny you should mention that because only very recently, the Wall Street Journal wrote a story about how Chinese government is befriending a lot more U.S. companies in hopes that they will lobby D.C., Washington, on China's behalf, most notably in the current dispute with tariffs. So it sounds like this association of Taiwanese enterprises that is in some ways controlled by the Taiwan Affairs Office of China is kind of acting the same way. Yes, it's very similar. Let's go to another category of proxy agents, um, military veterans. So it's fairly unusual in any other part of the world to see an influence campaign being targeted at military veterans. But because of that Chinese civil war, when the nationalists and millions fled to Taiwan, there's still a little bit of that bond, at least in that particular area, left. So they have a comparatively strong attachment to China. And after years of interaction across Taiwan Strait, 
China noticed it and repeatedly invited Taiwanese veterans to visit China and receive them with hospitality, including hosting them inside the Chinese military base and were served by acting PLA officials. Dr. Hung, why should anyone want to influence a retired general? Well, first, uh, retired general are opinion leaders in the Taiwanese military. Retired and active Taiwanese generals are tightly bound by the military's small ecosystem. It's relatively easy for retired generals to influence active generals through personal relationships and related military associations. Second, through constant interactions and communication between China and retired Taiwanese military personnel, China creates an image of cross-strait brotherhood the image of retired Taiwanese military personnel supporting unification is also a good domestic propaganda for China. So you're saying that the, this image, this perception of a retired general from Taiwan saying, hey, I want to unify, that's actually good propaganda for the PRC. Yes, even though the idea of unification is different. So they've been invited to golfing parties, to parties hosted by the CCP? Fortunately, we may not need to consider it any longer because our government has regulated these kind of activities from uh, retired generals uh, recently. So we've talked about Taishang, and let's see, we've talked about military vets. One other proxy agent before we get to media and social media influence. Dr. Hung, I want to ask you about the grassroots, the village level, the townships, the municipalities, Taiwan's administrative structure. The grassroots are your village chiefs, are your heads at the temples. I mean, these are the people that we see every day, our friends, our family, our acquaintances. Why would anyone want to influence this low level? Well, during the elections, they are a powerful fundraiser, vote brokers, and even endorsers. As a result, it is important for politicians to listen to these social elites or local elites. So for a politician, it's important for them to chat with these people in person and trying to fulfill their needs on the issue relating to public affairs as well as private affairs on a daily basis. Usually party identification is less important at this level. And what is important is for politicians to meet the needs of these social elites, these uh, chiefs of village, where it would be possible for them to support other candidates in the future elections. So what you're saying is that their political career could be on the line if they're not listening to the village chief the head of the temple. Yes, indeed. But of course, for for politicians, they can choose to fulfill the needs or not. But every time they do that, they have to recalculate the vote they might lose. So it sounds like that's the way that they can influence an election. So then how are they influenced? How are they a proxy agent for the CCP? Yeah, usually China will first, uh, they will invite them to mainland China to visit. And during the process of visiting, Chinese officials, proxies, and the proxies may be Taiwanese or Chinese, but the point is to make friends with them and exchange social media apps such as Line or WeChat. The point is to establish the connections. So after that, when those uh, local elites went back to Taiwan, this is when China can you know, 
send some disinformation campaigns or fake news through these channels to uh, these local elites. Some of them will neglect it because they, they may have a way of that is not correct, but some will forward it. And this is the first part. The second part would be invite these social elites to do business in China. And once you do business in China, you will naturally uh, wish pros- prosperity cross relations. So that means you will support particular political parties. And that's how they're trying to exert influence. So it sounds like I will probably take some news item that my village chief gives me much more seriously than if I got it from anyone else because I respect him so much. And it also sounds like if I'm doing business in China, I want to make sure both sides are peaceful. Yeah. And in fact, it's nothing wrong to live in a peaceful world, right? But the point is that after that, they will continuously to send some information, which is the manipulated information through these channels. Is there an example of this? Yeah. Do you remember the the research method that I have? Uh, So basically, the reason that I know is because I I also joined the the line groups they used. And I'm also a member of many of these line groups. So I can see uh, the information they post in, in a group. And I remember this one chief of village. In Chinese, we say, he now he is Miao. The direct translation would be blue roots with uh, red shoes. That means he is a supporter of a pan-blue coalition before, and now he's also a supporter of Communist Party of China. Now, just for some of our listeners, the pan-blue coalition, when we talk about it, it's KMT, it's New Party, it's People First Party. Effectively, these are parties who see an advantage to economic ties with China, strong economic ties. Oh, there's one disinformation campaign that China operates, and I saw it on Line Group. During the election, someone will send out the rumor that if particular party won the elections and the pension. Pensions for civil servants, teachers, and the military. Yeah, their pension will, will repaid by China. And it's really ridiculous at first. But unfortunately, many people, especially for elder people, they believe it. And so the, the war has been spread out and eventually went on the news. That's amazing because uh, the pension reform in Taiwan, it involves billions of new Taiwan dollars. And for any country to say, I will pay back your pensions if X political party wins, that's just not common sense nearly, right? Yes. Which actually is really good, sets us up for what I would like to ask you next, Dr. Hung, about your research, media and social media influence by the PRC. You're listening to The Taiwan Take. We hope you like what you've heard so far. Hit us up on Twitter at Ghost Island Me. Let us know what else you like to hear on the show. So, Dr. Hung, for the rest of the interview, let's turn our attention to the role of news media and social media. 
Just like local elites, neighborhood leaders, certain members of the Taiwanese press have been acting as proxy agents for China. In this role, they help craft a positive image of China, and they help sway public opinion. And China doesn't hide about this. I mean, earlier this year, they held this huge conference in Shanghai. It was sponsored by the CCP. Many Taiwanese media owners, publishers, senior editors were present. Now, before I ask you the questions of how China could have possibly infiltrated our news media, I just want to say that the competition here is fierce in the media environment. So say you're a Taiwanese press that's been influenced. How do you serve China? Well, I think there are different types of media that may help China to shape China's image. Uh, the first one is those who have huge business in China, and the media of this kind is constantly deliver the modern China and describing China as a land of opportunities. And the second one is that the media are cautious about upsetting China because the owner may also have a business with China or they just simply, you know, they want to attract more advertisement from Chinese companies. And Taiwanese media owners have occasionally censored negative information about China. So these media owners, we're talking about those Taishang that you talked about earlier in our conversation, right? They are proxy agents in a way, a mouthpiece of the CCP. Yes. Yeah, they are they are part of it. And not just owner Sometimes the journalist is themselves could be helped to shape the China's image, uh, because uh, the Taiwanese journalists are the primary targets of China's United Front work, and sometimes they will face temptation from China in the form of money, gifts, and free travel in China, and this may change these journalists' viewpoints and perspectives relating to China more or less, or at least. These journalists just stop writing critical articles attacking China. So when you refer to the United Front, you mean that department agency in the Chinese government that is mandated to carry out CCP goals that forwards the propaganda of the CCP around the world. Well, about my research, the point I want to make is how how these small proxy agents form what we call echo chamber. If you are a politician, especially a pan-blue coalition politician, uh, the information you receive every day may have been manipulated by China because many supporters that surround you affect by uh, local elites, pro-China media, and cyber warfare units from China. And it's hard for them, politicians, to judge whose opinion stands for majority. And even though those local elites are minority, their active behavior may generate more influence on these politicians. So it's hard for pan-blue coalition politicians to receive other ideas from other supporters outside the echo chambers. Hopefully, they're going to look outside their normal source of media or their normal circle of people, right? And probably it goes for any political party in Taiwan, not just pan-blue coalition. Um, regardless of what political party you are, influence operations is influence operation. It may be worse for some than for others, but it's someone else trying to manipulate your 
actions and your possibly policymaking and democracy. The biggest echo chamber is social media, at least certainly it is here in Taiwan. How is social media leveraged by the PRC in its influence operations? Uh, there are two different types. One is, of course, proxy Asian, but usually the China will use, for example, use cyber warfare units uh, such as uh, 50 Cent Army, the POA strategic support force to directly operate disinformation campaign or fake news. And the proxy agent may be the PR company hired by Taiwanese businessmen or uh, China behind the curtain. Uh, So there are two different types. Can you talk a little bit more about the proxy agent part? Well, I remember there's an internet platform called PTT. Many Taiwanese young people likes to use it. It's almost, I've heard it described as the equivalent of a Reddit. Because the PTT itself is very influential. Many journalists like to go to the PTT to see if there's an an article that may be useful for them to write the news. So this is how the proxy works. The PR companies uh, will buy many accounts in the PTT. Currently, PTT does not accept new registers. So those companies acquire these accounts through transactions. And then the PR company may, may... send someone to post an article. And then because the company also have other accounts, so they will recommend these articles. And then the next step is more like a trap to attract the journalists to read the articles and then to write it in the news. And it doesn't help that, like we said earlier, over-competitive media environment in Taiwan, there's no fact-checking or uh, double-sourcing by local journalists who are taking PTT information as facts when it could well be disinformation. Yes, and the the most prominent case would be the Kansai Airport incident. Right, I remember that. That was a big fat storm in Japan. Uh, Taiwan was unable to evacuate a lot of its citizens, but then somehow there was some news about the PRC being able to evacuate Taiwanese citizens. Yes, and the origin of this incident is from PTT. To be more specific, in fact, the source is not from PTT, but after people uh, forward the information you just mentioned, at first it's posted in the mainland China for three days, and no one cares. But after one people forward that information in PTT, then the news go viral because then mainstream media picked up on it. However, that was totally debunked. It was total fake. Other countries couldn't even get any sort of transportation to help their own citizens. And what happened, I think, as you said, was it first began on Weibo in the mainland, and then... And then someone posted it in the PTT. And because PTT is very influential, so then you have a local journalist seeing it, putting it into also mainstream media and online media. And this is how the fake news went circulated. And in that particular instance, it ended tragically because um, one Taiwanese government official actually committed suicide. But in fact, this prominent case is just just a tip of iceberg. There are many, every day, every day China or PR company, they, they fabricate many, as many as they could, you know, fake news or disinformation campaigns by using different channels and or different methods. This one has been picked up, but there are many others has not. It doesn't mean China 
doesn't promote this kind of disinformation campaign. And the point is, only one one fake news has been circulated and successful propagated. Then it generate impact on our society. This is just one of them. There are many more, and also many more in the coming、uh, years or in the futures. So what you're saying is, China can dish out hundreds of disinformation, but it only needs one to hit the echo chamber and affect Taiwanese society. My goodness! So the、uh, different sort of strategies in influence campaign from the PRC is just getting much more complicated. Wow, winning without the use of force, Doctor Hung. I suppose、uh, we're running out of time, but a very last question: Where is your research going to take you next? Because this is、uh, the early stage of my research, I still need to prove the linkage between Taiwanese proxies and a certain a particular Taiwanese political parties, and as we discussed. There are many coincidences. For example, the Taiwanese Parks Asian their petitions is in lines with CCP's, and also in in the end, the particular political party has the same outcome. So the next stage for me is to prove the linkage between Taiwanese Parks Asians and how they affect our major political parties. Dr. Jeremy Hung, researcher at the Institute for National Defense and Security Research. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm J.R. Wu, and this has been the Taiwan Take. This is a Ghost Island Media production. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else. Find us on Twitter at Ghost Island Me. This episode was produced and edited by Emily Y. Wu. Sam Robbins is our researcher. Production assistance from Allison Chen. And brand design by Thomas Lee. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. <laughs>